Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me as always is the one who puts the glad in this podcast, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? Uh, Eight words for you, Andy. (laughs) There's no G in podcast. Um, There's no glad in it. There's glad in in this podcast, and you're that. You're that glad, Larry. I am feeling great, but I'm also feeling a little guilty. Because at the end of our last podcast together, I think I promised you that you would like this movie. And (laughs) then I watched it, and I was like, oh, she's not gonna. She's not gonna. You know what it is? You know what it is? I'm comparing this movie to Aladdin. Okay. And this movie is not Aladdin. And I think I was, ex- I think they, I think the makers wanted another Aladdin, but I don't think they quite pulled it off. And maybe you we know, can talk about why. And we'll talk about it. It's definitely a movie with flaws, but there's, there's definitely things I find so charming about it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what did you find out about it in your research? Well, a lot. So, here's some key facts to get this party started. Uh, in, Bob Thomas's book, Disney Art of Animation, From Mickey Mouse to Hercules, there's a story recounted about the pitch of Hercules. So in 1992, a group of Disney writers and animators and artists pitched a bunch of ideas for animated features. And one of them was an adaptation of Homer's epic work, The Odyssey. Nice. And this, this, well, this project actually went into production in 1993, but it was scrapped when the story became just too difficult to encapsulate in a film form, as you might imagine. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Uh, it, it, it is an epic poem, after all. So right. I, I can see it being challenging. <laughs> right, right. So Joe Hader, who is a Disney animator, <clears throat> worked up a pitch sketch of Hercules. He said it during the Trojan War, where both the Greeks and Troy wanted Hercules to fight for them. Okay. Uh, And he makes, uh, and then Hercules makes a choice before realizing that brute strength isn't always the answer to solving problems, which is an interesting take of Hercules, right? It feels super preachy to me. I'm glad Uh they didn't go in that way. A little didactic, yeah. Uh, especially since, as we know, the Trojan War did not end with a diplomatic resolution where right. both sides respecting each other. Troy gets raised to the ground. Right. Famously. Right. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm glad this didn't happen. There's an alternate universe where Larry uh, Larry is tearing <laughs> his hair out at the Trojan War version of Hercules. Right. So, but I think it got them on the path of, oh, who is Hercules as a character and Can we explore him a little bit? So in most of the original Greek myths, Hercules was born as a result of Zeus's affair with a human, um, Alcamina. Is that right? Uh, Yes, that that is correct. And uh, Zeus's wife, Hera, tried to kill the baby uh, by sending two snakes into the nursery, but the baby strangled the snakes. Mm -hmm. And then when he was grown, Hera drove him mad And as a result, he took the lives of his wife and children. And to pay for all of his crime, he was required to carry out 10 labors, all of which were very dangerous. If he could do all of those things, he would be exonerated from his sin and become an immortal god. That's also tough to do for a children's movie. (laughs) Although they go closer to this route than the other one, I guess. We we do Uh, get... Uh, the the ten to twelve labors of Hercules recounted in song. Uh, you know. Right, right, right. Um, John Musker, who's the film's co-director, claimed to have based Hercules on Jimmy Stewart's character in Mister Smith Goes to Washington. Oh and my they, gosh! I know, right? And then they also based Meg on Barbara Stanwyck in The Lady Eve and Meet John Doe. That one I can see. I'm having a tough time with Jimmy Stewart and Hercules. Do, do you know who Meg reminds me of? Oh, Elaine, that? Elaine from Seinfeld. Every Elaine time, <laughs> every time when, when she's like Wonder Boy, and like that, that to me is what that Elaine, yeah, Elaine would call one of her boyfriends. You know, yes. like who? Yes, for sure. That shorthand kind of, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
So the movie the movie grossed initially 99 million on an 85 million dollar budget. So it wasn't it was slow to take off. It, eventually it brings in about 250 million worldwide. Um there are critics like Janet Maslin and Roger Ebert who praised the movie mainly because of James Wood's performance as Hades. Oh, he's so great. He is so great. He's great. But there there was a lot of criticism in the animation of the animation, I should say. Um Dessen Howell, who of the Washington Post, said the animation was some of the worst he'd ever cringed through, including the corner-cutting junk of Don Bluth movies and every trashy cartoon that passes for entertainment on Saturday morning television. I am going to disagree here. That this okay. is not my favorite form of animation style, but I like it when every Disney movie has its own particular art style. I love yeah. how Sleeping Beauty looks different from Cinderella, which looks different mm-hmm. from Snow White. And right. while while this art style is not my favorite, as a contrast to Hunchback of Notre, Notre Dame, uh, yeah. I, I think it's got a place. I also love what they do with the gods, how the color pops when we're right. looking at someone who's immortal as opposed to someone who's mortal. Uh, it, I don't want to overly sing its praises because I do I do think they're not going for their highest form of animation, but it was right. a choice. It was I a mean, choice. If you, if you look at Hunchback and you look at this movie, I mean, this movie has a lot of that black line um, Xerox style that we've talked about and like that got started in 101 Dalmatians. Yes. This this uh Hunchback does not have that. Um right. and so so different movies are yeah. So maybe that's what what he was I was I mean with. when when people talk about animation styles and not liking it, for me that's you go to the art museum and maybe you don't like surrealism, maybe you prefer realism. Right. But but, but to dismiss it uh, because you, it's not your taste is is the wrong type of critique. I think. Yep, agree. So there was a, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of that. Like this looks like a cartoon. This looks like a, this isn't Disney's best work. Um, yeah. So back it is forth. a cartoon, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. Spoilers. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> so um, the other thing is that the Greek government rejected a request to hold this lavish open air premiere of the movie on Penix Hill, which is a holy site in ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the Greeks weren't real happy with the depiction of Hercules. So I, I read in an Athens newspaper that they stated, this is just another case of foreigners distorting our history and culture just to suit their commercial interests. To add insult to injury, they now want us to use the Penix Hill in our history as a launch pad for further profits. Uh, and they they are entitled to their take on it. I I, yeah. I certainly see where they're coming from. Uh, mm-hmm. I I I don't know where I land on on, on this particular one, but but uh, yeah, if if it bothers them, then that's then they were right to to refuse it. Certainly, I wonder. I wonder if they were consulted in the making of this movie, and maybe that's part of the problem. I that was I don't know. I, I, I doubt I, they I, were consulted. It, it's one of those. It, listen, if you're going to do a Hercules movie, but you're decided to vary from the myth because, hey, maybe you don't want to start your protagonist having a murderous rage killing his wife and children because you maybe feel like that's an unsympathetic way to get your movie started. Right. Uh, anyone who's like, tell the story the way we told it is go- is going to be offended. The question becomes, I think, whether you should make this or whether you should not. And I... I well, you know, I mean, I, the, con- the contrast is with Hunchback, right? The French yes. government, lo- they, the French people loved Hunchback. Um, and it's pretty dark. Uh, this movie, this I think maybe the cartoonishness of and the lampoonery of Hercules, you know, maybe maybe it strikes a chord with not folks in not Greece. to not to get too into this because this is my like one of my nerdy rabbit holes. Okay. Um, my the reason I take offense at Hunchback more than I would take offense at Hercules is. You know, I talked about this in the Hunchback episode, how Hunchback subverts the authorial intent uh, of the novel. Mm -hmm. The ancient Greeks made fun of Hercules 
Aristophanes wrote plays where all of a sudden Hercules shows up drunk and makes a mess out of everything. <laughs> he kind of was their cartoon character at the interesting. time. Interesting. Very interesting. And so, and so, and of course, you know, the ancient Greeks aren't around today and we can't interview them too much about authorial intent there. But there were a lot of different versions of Hercules told. And so, so when you're like picking which one you want, it's not going to be faithful to the others. I don't know. Right. It feels like more of a gray area to me than Hunchback does, but I respect the opinions of those who feel differently. Ah, that's good. All right. Well, that's all I've got today. Okay. So buckle up, Andy. We're going Woo-hoo. into the plot of this. And uh, this is a road trip for us because this is a journey. Uh, I, w- I want to do a clean Manish Tana here because I, I feel like uh, where the Manish Tana ends and the exposition begins, we will never find that that sweet spot. So let's narrowly focus the beginning of this movie. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say like first 45 seconds. Okay. Uh, this movie opens up with the narrator, uh, a narrator uh, who will get fired from this job in about 15 seconds going, <laughs> in the beginnings, it's there Char- the And it's Charlton Titan- Heston. It's Charlton right. Heston. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, fired <laughs> two seconds <laughs> in. Uh, in the beginning, the guy, the universe was created. Titans came came along, and this is an epic story. And immediately, the muses come in and say, "Like you are telling this song wrong, the story wrong. You are, um, you are, you are making this serious. It's not a tragedy. It's a comedy." He willfully hands the narration role over to the muses. They start singing, and they sing the story of Zeus defeating the Titans. Mm-hmm. Why do we begin our story here? Why do we begin in ancient pre-mythological times, proto-mythological times, the creation of the universe? Well, I think the point here is to recall, well, using Charlton Heston, I think was a move, a deliberate move. I, I think the point is to recall movies like The Ten Commandments. Oh, epic, sure. epic films like that. And to say, this movie isn't going to be stuffy like that. Um, we're going to have fun. Or or potentially also to be more inclusive because we do have, um, and it is sort of a weird blend for me of uh, of uh, Greek culture with, with Black gospel singers. I kind of bump my head on it, but, you know, whatever. It's fine. Um, I, but yeah, I think it's just, we're going to, we're going to, we're just going to have fun with this. I think you're right. And I think, you know, it makes more sense in context of the other movies that Disney has recently released. Um, we, you know, after The Lion King, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to editorialize on this and maybe I'm wrong listener. And if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I don't get told I'm wrong enough, according to some people <laughs> in my life. Um But we get a series of movies that take themselves very seriously. Pocahontas is a very... Mulan takes his... Punchback takes itself very seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder if this opening is a reaction to the fact that Disney movies had gotten very serious and they want to tell us right off the bat, this one's going to be a little wackier, guys. Don't take this one as as seriously and dark. You know... We can promise you a good time here. Right, right. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, and, and that said, it kicks off a lot of exposition. And let's go in directly movie. into this. So <laughs> when I say to you that this movie is easily 40, 45 minutes of exposition before it gets started. You're not uh, kidding. I, I'm not. I I might be exaggerating, yeah. but at the same time, I might mm. be undercutting it. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but we get a lot of exposition. We start on a, on a, you know, shout baby shower, I yeah. guess. Uh, baby Hercules has just been born. Our point of view is Hades coming into the party. So we see that Hercules was born. Zeus creates Pegasus. Then Hades goes back to the underworld and he goes to see, he goes to meet the fates. 
And the fates, mm-hmm. he charms the fates into telling him a little bit about the future. Hades has a big conquer the universe plan. And if Hercules is around when the plan happens, Hades uh, is going to lose. So Hades comes up with a plan. He sends pain and panic to number one, kidnap the baby. Number two, make the baby drink a degodification potion. And number three, kill the baby. And then, and that's that's the plan. So they do this. There's the kidnapping. Uh, baby Hercules is brought to Earth, but does not drink the very last drop of the potion, which is why Hercules still has his godlike strength. Um, he's found by Amphitriton and Alchemani, two mortals who, in a very much a Superman sort of style. Uh, yeah. take this stranger from the stars and raise the child as their own. Yeah. Uh, but we're still not done with exposition because that is ancient past. And now we move forward. Hercules is a teen. And well, let's, let's stop for just one okay, second. Okay, please. Because yeah. I think, I think the movie wants the inciting incident to be that place where Hades says, you know, kid tells, um, Oh gosh, pain and panic to go kidnap the baby. Sure. I think that that's that's what they want this to be. But the problem is that's not really the. Well, is it the story? It's not the, the story. Uh, so I'll, I'm gonna. I'll. I'll. If you tag me uh, on this, I'll. I'll. T- I'll. I'll. Uh, I'll come into tag. the ring. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, what is the inciting incident in Harry Potter? It isn't that his parents were killed by by Voldemort, right? right? That happened before the story started. And it isn't that baby Harry is brought to the Dursleys. That's not the time where our story is. The moment that's the inciting incident for Harry Potter is Hagrid kicks down the door and says, you're a wizard, Harry. That's and right. Harry begins his journey. Your that's inciting right. incident is the moment when you are protagonist goes on the journey and this is not Hades story maybe it should be Hades story might begin with Hercules being born but but it's not this is Hercules uh and he's not on a journey yet yeah and he's a baby he's Mm -hmm. a baby Superman story doesn't begin with him it may exposition wise begin with him uh you know, being adopted by the children, he doesn't become Superman till he puts on the tights. That's that is the inside right. decides I am going to ma- save this planet because I couldn't right. save my last one. It's the acceptance of the quest that I must be Superman. And this is the same kind of thing we talked about when we talked about Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Um, and, and, and I mean, they're both baby showers, right? Where the evil guy isn't exactly welcome or the evil person isn't exactly welcome. Um, I think that both of these movies are, I, I almost think, and I didn't put them side by side, so it would be interesting to see if the beats are the same, but it feels the same. That movie almost has too, way too much exposition. Yeah. Way this one, too much. Yeah, because we're not- too long for her to become a teenage girl. That's right. And and same, same, with, same with Hercules. And when he becomes a teen- or you know he's 18 he's at the uh the village and you know tears it up or whatever that whole scene doesn't really do much also not an exciting incident it's no not the first time he's wrecked the town they all expect him to do it he's done it before yes yeah so so if we're if we're going to jump ahead to inciting incident and please let's do it this this let's do it you know um the inciting incident, I think, must be the moment where he accepts the quest. Zeus says to Hercules, you're my son. You're not a god. You can become a god if you become a hero. Become a hero. If this is what you want, go find Philoctetes. He'll train you to be a hero, and eventually you'll become a god. And with that, Hercules is on a path. He's on a journey. That is the inciting incident. He's got a, he's got a clear path to go on he's made a choice to become who we will know as hercules right but we still don't get to the fun part of the movie because just because he's on the journey the next step 
is Hercules has to go seek out Phil. Um, right. And Phil train yeah phil doesn't want to train hercules uh he's got he's trained a bunch of heroes in the past none of them ever ever made it to the big time uh but hercules with the assistance of zeus throwing a lightning bolt at philoctetes way really uh Uh eventually decides to start training hercules and we fast forward now hercules has muscles uh now he's buff right um and he's he's going on his first adventure and his first adventure is Meg has been captured uh, is in a is in a yucky situation with the the river god Nessus the centaur uh-huh. uh he tries to intervene there it doesn't go great he rescues the damsel but the damsel did not want to be rescued correct we learn that Meg is actually working for Hades Hercules and Phil arrive at the big olive, a.k.a. Thebes. I love that joke. (laughs) That joke lands for me every time. The big olive, if you can make it. I I love that. Well, especially in Danny DeVito's voice, too. Yes. Yes. Hercules has his first real heroic adventure against the Hydra. It is a clean win for Hercules. And then the muses... Fast forward us through about a dozen other adventures that Hercules had. Right. Um, and we, and we, the, the Hades master plan is, is on a very strict timetable. The stars literally have to be in alignment. Uh, and Hades, Hades is making a mad scramble to get Hercules off the board before, uh, he, he can conquer the universe. Uh, I'm going to fast forward the plot a little bit shenanigans hades sends meg to learn hercules weakness uh-huh. meg and hercules fall in love and in doing that meg becomes hercules weakness uh hades uh trades meg to hercules for his strength um then reveals meg was on his side from the beginning which hercules has lost his strength and now he's lost his faith in meg uh hades releases the titans and you know where is the climax of this movie? And there's a bunch of places it could be, and I'm not really satisfied with any of the answers, but but uh, let's let's give them a go. Do you have any contenders for climax? Well, again, when we look at inciting incident, if we if we're trying to figure out what that is, um, if it's where Zeus, you know, tells him you can be a god, and then I think it has to be when he turns his back on being a god. So he has the opportunity to know where he belongs. And then he says, no, I finally know where I belong. Because that's been the quest the whole time. Where do I belong? Where do I belong? Where do I belong? There is a point of no return where, you know, Hades deal is broken because he promises Meg he wouldn't get hurt, right? He rescues Meg from the underworld. And then we discover he's a god. That's, that's a good climax. But that's not the end of it, because he doesn't belong as a god. See, the tricky part for me with this movie is I tend to define climaxes as the place where the greatest possible tension is between the forces of good and evil. Right. And that climax, so so if we're going to go through it, we could say that climax is the battle between Hercules and the Cyclops, because Hercules is robbed of his strength. And the Cyclops is literally throwing him around the room that you could be like, here's the moment where I'm most worried about Hercules. Hercules, right. How can he possibly beat the Cyclops without his strength? Spoiler, mm-hmm. he can't. Uh, that's that's interesting. Usually in this moment, we find out that there's something else about Hercules that makes him special, that that he he's a hero even without his strength. No, mm-hmm. the way the Cyclops gets defeated is... You know, essentially, Meg saves Hercules from the Cyclops by by getting hurt. Um, Then you could say, okay, well, maybe the climax is this big event the movie's been heading us towards Hades conquering the universe and defeating all over the gods. The stakes are really high here. Right. Uh, Right. Like like the Titans are like walking nuclear bombs. And the gods have been defeated. 
Hercules defeats the Titans in about 20 seconds. It takes him like he gets there and he just takes care of business immediately. I was expecting a big battle sequence between him and these four things. Right, Uh, right. We don't get it because because the other battle sequences have been longer. They absolutely the hyper sequence is the longest one. Yeah, yeah, it's longer than this. It's just hard. Yeah, go ahead. But then the movie goes to Meg died. Hercules doesn't accept this. He goes to the underworld, and that is treated like the climax of the movie. But but is it? Because listen, listen. I don't want to say that every life doesn't matter. Life is precious. I want everyone to live in my movies. I feel that way. Right. But five minutes ago, the entire universe was about to be ruled by the living incarnation of malevolent death. And that has been thwarted. And if you can save Meg, for me, that's a bonus. But it's not... Like, the stakes were higher five minutes ago. Uh, He throws himself in, he rescues her, and and you're right. Like, the real question about, I mean, so so for me, my final answer is he throws himself into the abyss to save Uh Meg is the climax. But it doesn't really feel like a climax because the bigger issues have already been resolved by the movie. And now yeah. now it's like, is this Disney movie going to kill the, the, the main character? Uh, after, uh, and, and you know it's not. And right. you know it's... Right. it's um, and I'll talk about maybe when we get to theme, why I feel like this is the climax. I want to come back to it without, okay. without treading sure. water on it. Sure, but, sure. But if you want to say the emotional climax is he becomes a god and he discovers that's not what he really wants. What he really wants is mortality with Meg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think that is the emotional climax of this. Well, yeah. I mean, but, but we have to d- decide what the journey is. Is the journey to find... Is the journey to be Zeus's boy and to be a god? Or is the journey to actually belong somewhere? So I, if I was, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll hit this again with theme, but it's the tough. question that the movie has been asking is not, is not whether or not Hercules will end up with Meg. It's right. not the question of the movie. The question the movie consistently comes back to is, what does Hercules need to do to prove himself a true hero? Right. And for me, the answer is throwing himself well, into the abyss, but, right. but how do you define hero? Right. Right. Uh, I, I want to come back to this with theme. Sure. Uh, let's, let's let's just get through plot. Then we've sure. got some falling action. Uh, uh-huh. Gods are happy uh, that, you know, they were not toppled. Um, Hades has been thrown into the pit of souls. Will he ever get out? I mean, I would put money that he will. He's a god. But mm-hmm. certainly he, we're going to have a timeout for Hades uh, for some time. Uh, Phil gets to make out with Aphrodite, which must make her husband so happy. <laughs> and um, and then when they get back, we can see that Hercules and Meg are together. And Phil, like people are like, that's Phil's boy because Hercules has been made a constellation up in the in the sky. And mm-hmm. Phil's dream of of having made a true hero, trained a true hero, has come true. End of movie. Uh, that's the plot. And. Craft-wise, I would just want to say, too much exposition. One hundred percent. And we we have pay we have things that are paid off again. Every movie should have a dra- dramatic question, right? Right. And this this movie gets its muddled because they want to ask. I think the filmmakers want to ask, "What does it take to be a hero?" But at the same time, it's where do I belong? And you don't have to be a hero to belong somewhere. Right. And so the question is, it's not fame that's getting you here, being a hero, but it's not like explicit enough. I know they're trying to avoid being didactic, but there's just something that there's something missing here. So I want to I want to say if you're telling the story of Superman but you spend 45 minutes on Krypton, you're telling right. the story wrong. 
The, the story is Superman on Earth with powers. You want to get to that within 15 minutes. And the same thing for Hercules. Yeah. They have a lot of back exposition. And I, at the moments where I'm watching the exposition, I really enjoy Hades. Hades is uh-huh. such a great character. I understand the yes. desire to put him front and center. He's He's fantastic. So why not put him front and center? Why not put him at the very front of the movie where we have Hades talking to the fates at the very beginning of the movie, meet the antagonist first, like we always have. I mean, in many cases we have. And then we see Hercules as that contrast to that evil. Because if we can really get kind of into that evil, then I think we can take, you know, our hero we see the stakes. I, and and, to, and speaking of stakes, I'm not even sure what they are. Because what if Hercules loses? Well, what happens? Hades rules the universe. And we've seen the kind of person that Hades is. He's not... If I was voting for which god would rule the universe, candidly, <laughs> I would hold my nose and vote for Zeus. I'm not thrilled with the options this two-party system has given me. (laughs) But one person is running on a campaign of mortals gotta die. And the other one (laughs) likes to throw lightning around. I don't love lightning, but But what what am I voting for? Yeah, I, I I just think that the battle really is between Zeus and Hades. It's yes. not it's not between Hercules and Hades. Well, that is and exactly the issue. And that that brings so then Zeus should be the the so protagonist. You, in the, I don't this know. is a fun No, no, no. You're this is a fun thought exercise because in the original myth of mm-hmm. Hercules, the villain is not is Hera, but Hera has an agent on earth which is Hercules' uh cousin who who is a king. I think his name is Eurymachus. Eurythmicus. Uh, it, it starts with an EU and it just goes on from there, that name. <laughs> and he is the one coming up with the trials and tribulations for Hercules to go through. Mm-hmm. His goal is, I want to set impossible tasks. I want Hercules to die doing them. And that's why he's been put in charge of Hercules' redemption. Right. And his, it's personal for him. He's a king. Hercules is a demigod and he wants to break the demigod because, you know, status, you know, like if, if what does it mean to be a king if somebody else can become a god? And mm-hmm. it's personal there. And I wonder, I wonder if that's better. Like, okay, you don't want it to be Hera. What if Hades had a child on earth mm-hmm. who was his primary mover and shaker down there? Well then let's let's talk about character. Let's talk, let's talk about, about Hercules. Yeah, let's talk about Hercules. Um and again, uh, that is my biggest criticism is that he's not an active participant in his redemption. Things happen to Hercules, he doesn't happen to them. Now, that's a big problem in Greek mythology all around because the gods always interfere to a point where the mortals are just sort of pawns and this yes. might not be that much different. Um but the people, the the other part of this is that with talking about Phil, the people Hercules meets are more interesting than he is. They're smarter than he is. They're, they have more on the ball than he does. And he doesn't really learn from them. He just kind of follows. And ultimately, I don't, I don't know why his godlike status is so important. Well, so I I'll throw, uh, no, I, I can, I can try to square that circle a little bit. Sure, sure. So when we see Hercules at the beginning of his teen years, not the beginning of the movie, 40 minutes into the movie, at the beginning of his teen years, he is clearly an outcast. His great strength keeps other people from connecting to him, and he feels like he doesn't belong. So when Zeus tells him, you can become a god, that's where you belong, uh-huh. I understand okay. why he wants that. What he's looking for is a community that will accept him for who he is. So that, you know, we're kind of playing almost like on the Hulk or X-Men sort of sort of journey yeah, here yeah, with him. Yeah, 
The issue becomes, I think, once Hercules defeats the Hydra, uh-huh. everybody loves Hercules and they're happy to have him around now. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm not me, just happy to have him around. They're, they're adoring him. They're, they need you know, him. Ripping his I, clothes those off, women right? rip his clothes <laughs> That's off. That's right. I'm, That's right. I, I'm with you. And, and it becomes like the, the question that I don't think the movie asks is, does Hercules even need to become a god anymore? He's yeah. pretty much worshipped now. Yes. Uh, and if the if the dramatic question has been you need to become a god in order to reconnect with your family, like why isn't he I, I don't know. It's odd. I don't know. He seems to have a relationship with his, with his his god daddy who comes to visit, right. you know, in right. statue form, but but like he he it's not like Zeus isn't in his life. Uh I I guess the I guess you could say I guess you could he could say what I have now is okay, but but I will always wonder what it would have been like if I had been if I had grown up in Olympus with the other gods. So that so, being said, okay, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I well, I mean, I think I think if we have this moment where we see him as an outcast, but like like what if? Well, let me ask this: What if we land with Hercules? Right in the place where he's famous. Right. What if we start there? Yeah. Th- then I'm going to think about this a little differently because then he's going to meet Meg and Meg's going to be different, right? I, I Again, I think it's, it's a problem with his arc and it's kind of, it, I don't start to really care about what happens to him specifically until like mm, the last half hour of the movie. So, so my son, my old, one of my sons has a yeah. complaint about Superman, which I think you could apply to to Hercules here. Uh huh. We were watching an episode of Superman the Animated se- Series, and Superman is robbed of his powers. And to demonstrate this, at one point, Superman raises his arms to fly, and nothing happens, and he has to start walking and call a cab. And my son said, "Poor baby." You know, like he 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 had none of it. He's like, oh, uh, so funny. now he's just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Whoop de do. And at a certain point with your protagonist, we we want them to succeed, but do they? We want them to have, like like his goal is to become a god. I I have to tell you, no matter how big an audience our podcast gets, Andy, no one's going to be worshiping us. That's not something that's that part of the once once you get to the part where Hercules is super famous and everybody loves him. Like, shouldn't that be good enough? I don't even get that. I kind of want that. I mean, at my sweatband. (laughs) Betsy doesn't want to touch my sweatband. She married me. She doesn't want it. (laughs) There's. Yeah, I mean, there's also this nest, this thing about, like, why we want the hero to succeed. And if it's just because he wrecks things in the village and people, t- I don't know. Like, I, 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 again, I can't help but compare this to Aladdin, right? Aladdin, we forgive for some of his hijinks because we see him as a man of justice for other people. He steals the bread but then he gives it away, right? He has a heart for the hurting. I don't see that heart in Hercules. Well, Hercules' motivations are inherently corrupt. He's not doing good deeds because he's a good person, although I think he is a good person, but his eyes are always on the prize. Being a hero is not about saving people. It's about improving his own life. His motivations yeah, I mean, are selfish. Whereas Aladdin, Aladdin, when he even when he wishes selfishly, I want to be a prince, he doesn't want to be a prince to feel good about himself. He really likes Jasmine, and he thinks right. Jasmine won't like him unless he's a prince. It's all about what will make her happy. He right. thinks he thinks she'll like him better if he does that. Uh it's it, it is less selfish. The way Aladdin I mean, pursues do, do we, do we think Her- Do we think Hercules is doing the things that he's doing in order to get Zeus to like him? No, it's it's he, Zeus already likes him. It is simply there is some 
there is some cosmic benchmark. You cross this line, you become a hero, and you get to become a god. And he doesn't know what the metric is. Her, Zeus put him on a path, and he's mm-hmm. doing his best on it. Uh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He mm-hmm. he's pursu- like I, I, it's it's just listen. I I don't mean to bash Hercules for this. If you told me there were things I could do to become immortal, I, I'm making my checklist too. But it's right. it's just it's just my motivations are not unselfish, and right. his aren't unselfish. And Aladdin, Aladdin really does is willing to make sacrifices for his. He literally gives up a wish to free mm. Genie. He's just a good yeah, guy. Exactly, exactly. And and maybe maybe a lot. Maybe Hercules is that when he goes to save Meg. Maybe he becomes. Yes, it's that. the first time he's that, that. Yeah, that's the exactly. And so that's when I start to care about him when he becomes more selfless. It's just too late in the movie. So that's why Way that's why I picked that moment yeah. as the climax. It is the first heroic action that Hercules has done for an unselfish purpose. Jumping into the pit of souls, he might die. He's not thinking about becoming a god. He doesn't care. He's throwing it all away to rescue Meg because he loves her. And that's more important to him than his own selfish desires. That for me is the moment of truth. And, and by the way, the movie says I'm right about this. When he does that, when he unselfishly becomes a hero, ding, he gets all glowy and becomes a god. Right, right, right. Well, let's talk about... uh, dive into these other characters um let's talk about hades for a minute i think he's the real standout here he's fantastic i think one of my favorite disney villains and i think that's why i remember this movie so fondly yeah i think i think he makes this movie in the way that robin williams makes aladdin um it's funny he is the evil genie yeah would love to see them fight would love a genie versus hades fight (laughs) would love it I think it'd be great. That would have been fun. Yeah, I think he's a perfect uh, leader of the underworld. And I again, I really wish the movie had started with him. It started I mean, with it kind, him. It, 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 it kind of does. But I mean, like on him. Like forget yeah. all the who her like introduce Hercules after you've already introduced Hades, because then we know what the stakes are from the get-go. Um, you, I'm never, I'm not sure what the stakes are until halfway through the movie, you know? Oh, I think, I think I know what Hades stakes are. Um, huh? no, uh, uh, so, H- so Hades comes into the baby shower uh-huh. and Zeus is like, Hades, join the party. And, and, uh, Hades says something along the lines of love to can't because you made me the God of the underworld. That is a busy job that I hate. Thanks for that, but mm-hmm. no, like he's got a grievance that with with Zeus that goes way back to the dawn of time, which is somebody has to be death, and everybody else found a chair in musical chairs before Hades got it. He uh. doesn't want the job he's got. So, like I understand, and he, look, you see the other gods; they're all partying in Olympus all the time. Where does Hades live mm-hmm. in the underworld? Um, so I, I think he's got more of a grievance than Scar has in The Lion King. Uh, it's it's not like if the fates said to Hades, listen, don't worry about this kid. He's nothing. Hades doesn't need to kill Hercules. It's not it's not he doesn't resent Hercules for being born. He is explicitly told Hercules will cause your plan to fail. You got to get rid of this kid if you want to rule the world. Um and you it's interesting my- because the fates, the fates remind me of the three fairies in uh, Sleeping Beauty if they'd gone bad. <laughs> oh, I, 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 that would be another great matchup. Flora, Fauna, love- and, <laughs> and Meriwether. Uh, and Meriwether against, yeah. against the fates. Can I tell you my favorite thing about Hades and what really elevates sure. him for me? I, sure. I mean, yes, he's funny. And I love that about him, too. Yes, he's smart. I love when he figures out the moment where Meg is Hercules' weakness. That is a great moment Mm -hmm. he's charming when he needs to be but the thing i love about him is he has a flaw and he's aware of his flaw hades has trouble keeping his temper in check he flies Mm -hmm. off the handle but what's so great is he's working on it 
<laughs> time after time, he starts to get mad. He takes a breath. He counts to 10. We see the red flame turn back into a blue flame because he knows he knows this is his weakness and he's got to maintain a control. And it's be a cool. He's a villain who struggles with his flaw. Yeah. And when do we see that? When do we see that in these movies? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, we we don't see we don't see we see him struggling with his flaw. Do we see Hercules struggling with his? No, because Hercules no. is not smart enough to struggle with his flaw. <laughs> I, right. I do wish I do wish that the uh, way for defeating Hades mm-hmm. is for Hercules to outthink Hades and recognize Hades gets angry and out of yes. control. The way to beat him is to make him mad. Yeah. And, one, and, and make it once he's mad, he's self destructive. He will defeat himself. What a great way to show that Phil's lessons about step back, assess the situation, mm-hmm. uh, use your head, have sunk in with Hercules, than to see mm-hmm. Hercules defeat Hades in an intelligent way. What a great uh, payoff, too, for that, uh, for that little bit uh, with yeah. the uh, turning red, right? Let's talk oh, about Phil. Let's talk about Phil. Um, he's funny. He is funny. I mean, you know, uh, it, I, I think the voice actor might be a little famous and, and known for comedy. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I think the training scenes are funny. I think um, the Karate Kid one where Karate where Kid is even great. Pegasus is doing the stance on the. Yeah. That's pretty and, funny. And so I thought about Karate Kid a little bit. And I thought about how, you know, the wax on wax off and how Daniel takes that to uh, the all valley tournament or whatever and he uses those techniques to to beat the cobra kai um we don't see those training scenes while they're funny we don't see hercules actually using what he learns specifically from phil in another Mm -hmm. context and i think there's there's kind of a that's kind of a miss um here's the best my oh go ahead here's my big miss with phil that goes hand in hand with that is Bill's never produced a winning hero. Why do we think, why, like, what makes him the expert? Bill, was Phil a hero back in the old days? Who, who, like, he he clearly was not, right? Like, we don't hear, we hear him talk about the other heroes that he's trained. He's super Uh upset about Achilles, who he thought could go the distance. Right. Um, But, but, like, I mean, at the end of the day, why should we, what has Phil done? to make himself a qualified expert on making heroes. And <laughs> and why should Hercules listen to him? Phil, Phil's track record yeah. is zero success. Zero. Uh, he's gone from zero to hero, right? Um, no, he's going from zero to hero trainer. <laughs> That's right. Um, let's, I, I will say his best moment uh, for me is when he lets Hercules know that Meg didn't make it. And, and I, worst, I, oh, okay. I'm well, I'm emotionally attached to Phil, in in mm-hmm. a and honestly, and we'll talk about Meg here just next. I'm emotionally attached to her. I'm not emotionally attached to Hercules. I I got to tell you, uh, the, yeah, his, his, I have two more things to say about Phil. One, his sure. worst moment is when he's trying to tell Hercules that Meg is no good for him. Gets in Hercules' face and starts screaming at him. Hercules mm-hmm. knocks him away instinctively, and Phil gets up like like he's been mistreated. Yes, Hercules was wrong to push you away, Phil. But you are literally yelling at him in his face. Mm-hmm. You're a grown satyr. You're 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 right. like like Grow you're the already. adult here. Yeah, you know there was a better way to do it than the way that you did it, and mm-hmm. to walk away like he's a child. Uh, Phil's a child, more of a child than Hercules is in that scene, and we're supposed to feel like Hercules is being childish. I don't. I think Phil is. My my other thing about Phil is this: this is a movie where Hercules already has two dads. Uh, yep. He's got Amphitriton, who's pretty great. He's got Zeus who I don't love, but clearly loves his boy, does Hercules actually need a third dad? He's got two already. Yeah, why not lot. just have Why not just have Amphitriton train Hercules? Or, make, why, or, or better yet, why not have Zeus train Hercules and actually act like a father? 
Well, you know, he's he's got lightning to throw about, Andy. That's what he ran on. He's got promises to deliver. A storm on every city. Um, but or or cut out the middleman, have baby Hercules be raised by Philoctetes. And like Phil's yes. motive to make Hercules a hero is it will make his adopted son become a god, and that's yeah. what's best for him. You know, it's a it's a little bit better for me. We don't need three Look, if you have three loving dads, listener, I'm I'm glad for the blessing that you have. In a movie, you don't need three loving dads. You just right. don't. Well, you let's know. talk about let's talk about Meg. I think she's a great character, and I think she's a great layered character. Um, she treats people the way she was treated, but she doesn't like the way that's going. You can tell she doesn't like it, and so she's got some conflict within herself and I, again i would argue she has more internal conflict than our protagonist does single-handedly the most complicated character in this movie mm-hmm. uh, because even when we meet her at the first time we don't necessarily understand her but we're later given to understand meg was someone who believed in true love mm-hmm. meg was willing to sacrifice her for herself for true love and then she discovered that that love was a lie and it's mm-hmm. made her bitter, and she doesn't believe she can ever love again. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. We have a we have a Disney female character who had a bad first relationship. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's so great. Um, that being said, Andy, she's so mean. <laughs> she is. She is mean. And why wouldn't she be? I mean, she's oh, no, she's I had a lot. She's had a lot happen to her, and now she's sold her soul to to Hades in order to save somebody, and it didn't work out. I mean, imagine and and again, like there are like there are lots of like Little Mermaid esque things going on here with selling sure. souls and such. Uh, She's made a similar contract with Hades that maybe Ariel has made with, with uh, Ursula. Ursula, Ursula, I can see that, right? Yeah, so I mean that's that's feels similar, but like, what if that went bad? And so, I mean, she's she's a little bitter, and she doesn't trust people, and she especially I, doesn't trust pretty boys. And you know, I don't really blame her. <laughs> I, I I'm with you, and it's and it's interesting to me that you know she's dr- like so. Uh, you've commented pre-production about how uh, Meg reminds you a little bit of Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, not bad, but she's she, drawn that way. Like yeah, all exactly. curves. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think that's right. I think what's really interesting about Meg is they've used a villain uh, palette, color palette for her. Uh-huh. She blends, she doesn't stick out when she's with Hades, pain, panic. She's, in, she's right there in the purple villainous right. colors with them. She looks like she belongs in the group with them. Mm-hmm. And, I, I think the interesting thing in Meg's animation, and uh, it's subtle, is she, while physically beautiful, the spirit animating those features uh, is clearly not attractive and maybe doesn't become attractive until she truly loves Hercules. And it's not about they redrew her. It's mm-hmm. her expressions change. And she she becomes beautiful to me when she's looking at Hercules lovingly, mm-hmm. but not a moment before. Before that, I'm like, why does Hercules I even like her? She's, she's, she's not that she's, hot. She's the best character in this movie. That's I'm just going to say it. Hades wins out for me because I always love a bad guy, but she's a close uh-huh. second for me. All right. Close we got to keep, keep moving. Zeus. You got it. Do we care? Zeus <laughs> is a tool and I hate him. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Pain and Panic are funny. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait is great. And I think if you were a 90s person in the 90s, that that would matter. But like, that's lost on my my uh, Gen Z kids. Um, I, it's interesting. Are we supposed to root for them? I think we're supposed to feel bad that Hades is like bullying them a little bit. Mm-hmm. By the same token, they're willing to murder a baby. Like, yeah. I'm not, I don't need them to have a happy ending of we're free now. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like, I'm not rooting for them. You guys are awful. So, uh, Am- Am- Amphitryon and Alchemine, um, th- they are the adoptive parents of, of uh, Hercules. 
drawn in a visually uninteresting way as if to tell us not to pay attention to them. Yes. And then my other thing is, why tell the kid now? It's like, why wait until he's 18? He's been having all these feats of strength and tearing things down and doing all this stuff for years and years. Why are they just now telling him about his his being found? I mean, yeah, Uh, it feels like it feels like maybe maybe, you know, plant that seed a little earlier. It would have helped his adjustment. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Look, he's caused disasters before. Maybe this disaster is so big that it has caused Hercules's greatest despair. I don't know that that reads. But maybe no, we're supposed to infer doesn't. that Hercules is feeling lower than he's ever felt before. For me, looking at it, I'm like, this is just another bad day Hercules has had. I imagine yes, he's, had, he's yes. as bad as this. Yes. Uh, and so maybe it's just a little bit of fine tuning those scenes that like Hercules has knocked over a building before, but he's never destroyed a whole city. Or maybe, right. or maybe, you know, what happens is Amphitrite and Alchemini lose the house. Right. Yeah. Like, like yeah. we're taking it and like they, they get evicted and Hercules is like, I really screwed up my parents' lives. Yeah. Something needs to happen that makes that more than it is. I'm not sure yeah. why we tell the kid now and why we haven't told him before. Yeah. That's just a question fact, I why have. Why don't they? They should take everything from. They destroyed a city. What kind yeah. of insurance does Amphitriton have <laughs> that that like, like, don't worry about it, Hercules. We got this covered. We're calling Jake from State Farm, right? Um, all right, music, uh, which is arguably the best part of this movie. Uh, the, mm-hmm. I love the soundtrack. Um, in fact, I've heard this soundtrack for years and years. And uh, the movie, my kids love it. And again, I have the 20-minute rule with movies. If you can't hook me within 20 minutes, I'm done. Uh, and I never sat down until – I ne- never sat down to finish it until we did this podcast. So. Um, but again, the gospel truth is great. Um, go it the is, di- but. Yes, is, go ahead. But I keep thinking that song is over because they, they yes. do the song. Then we get like 10 minutes of scenes and then they pick up the song again. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, are we still sick? Because the exposition is so it's the exposition song. And um, I think it's they, supposed to be like a Greek tragedy, right? With the with the uh, choral, choral and what have yes, you. Yes, 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 yes. But my. my it's not the song. It's just how many long extended breaks they take in that song that really mm-hmm. just like, oh, we're, they're still singing. Oh, my gosh. And, and what's interesting to me is Go the Distance doesn't match. Like, I love Go the Distance as a song. In fact, my yes. sons my sons will hate me for telling the story, but it's the, it's the uh, song they used to listen to before they would do a soccer match. Go play a soccer match uh, that's just to be awesome. all that's so fired cute. up, get themselves all fired up, right? Um, but it doesn't match the other songs because he should be having a moment of despair in that moment and yes. not having a moment of believing in himself. He just destroyed a city. Yes, like what if Alchemini is singing that to him, or what if, or if, if Triton, that's or or yeah. Zeus, or or. Anyone, yes. like if someone else is singing it to him to make him feel better about this moment of despair, I, yes. I, I know that you can go the distance. And then he right. internalizes it and takes it yes. up. That, yes. that, that's a journey to go on. Here it's yeah. just like, well, I know people are dead and lives have been destroyed. That's my bad, but I'll do better next <laughs> time. It's, yeah. it's a really weird place for him to be musically. It is odd. And again, yeah, we need to see him more broken, I think, for this journey to work. Um, themes, what do you think? Wait, wait, just one more thing about music? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish there was a Hades song. I wish there why, was. Why, yeah, why not? Why not? It would not? be so fun. He's so, look, I don't I don't care if he's got the voice to do it or not. I, yeah. I know I've complained about characters having too many character songs looking at you tigger uh but but <laughs> i'm always fine with one and i think like we could have hades doing something musically and i mm-hmm. would have a good time i just think yeah i i for him to not have one makes i mean maybe maybe he just didn't want one but i wish he had one yeah. With, the, with the chorus right behind him i visually i'm imagining hades singing a song and the 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 muses unhappily singing back up behind him because it's that would be song and they have to or, or heckling him a little bit yeah 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 or yeah. yeah something that'd be awesome 
I'm in. Okay, that's All that's right. my one musical note. Let's talk about themes. So I have Great. one. Qu- I have one quibble here. Uh, if the size of your strength is the strength of your heart, then why don't we see the strength of Hercules's heart throughout the movie? We do not. That we is do correct. Not. But but I would actually. Why can't say, that be just a pretty discovery that we make along the way that he's been this way the whole time, right? But. I, I'm going to go out. So the, mo- the movie asks the question, what makes you a hero? Hercules comes up with the wrong answer uh-huh. because his answer is, if I defeat all the monsters, that makes me a great hero. Mm-hmm. Right? So I get that. Um, and his the answer is, though, what the moment that makes him a hero has nothing to do with his physical strength. He becomes a hero when he sacrifices himself for Meg, when he jumps into that pit to save her. And so mm-hmm. it really is, it has nothing to do, what, what does it mean to be the god of strength? He thinks, understandably, that it's his superhuman strength that gives him his strength, right? right Nobody else right. has that but him. But in fact, what makes him a hero is that he's willing to sacrifice himself for another. Love is sacrifice. I think that's supposed to be the theme. And I Mm. think there's a great scene in this. It's subtle. And Zeus doesn't do subtle in this movie. Hercules says to Zeus, I killed all these monsters. What do I have to do? And Zeus says, you have to discover it for yourself. And of course, you know, if you say that to your teenage son, his eyes are going to roll so far into the back of his head <laughs> at you, like he'll strain a muscle. But I actually think Zeus is right on here mm-hmm. because the answer the answer is your motivations need to be not corrupt to be a hero. And uh-huh. everything Hercules has done has come from a corrupt motivation. And if Zeus ever says to Hercules, you need to sacrifice yourself without thinking it's going to make you a god, Hercules can never become a god because it'll always be in the back of his mind. Oh, gotcha. It'll always be in the back of his mind. He throws himself into the pit. He's like, hey, he's like, I want to save Meg. But you know what? I better become a god if I do this. Like, what could he possibly do if he knows that? So when Zeus says you have to discover it for yourself, no lies detected. Hercules has to become a hero without wanting to become a god in order to prove himself unselfish and therefore a true hero and therefore become a god. But, but, the, then the movie takes a turn and says, do you even want to be a god? Right. And that's and that's a separate question. It mm-hmm. pretends at the end of this movie that maybe, like, being a god's not so important after all if you found true love. And I wish there was a, we had a little more time. To- Hercules gets 15 seconds of godhood in Olympus before he nopes out of it. And right. what I, if I was in the novelization of this book, of this movie that does not exist in which, which I have written, like this is my fan fiction, Hercules inner monologue. <laughs> I'm writing it right now. Enjoy this. Pitch? <laughs> no, it's not okay. my pitch. It's okay. not my pitch, but it's okay. a new feature. Larry's fan fiction. Um, <laughs> Hercules takes a look at the gods and he realizes how childlike they are. There's mm. Dionysus drinking wine. There's Aphrodite flirting, flirty, flirty. None of them are capable of growth or change. They have always been this way, and they will always be this way. And Hercules, because he's been mortal, has grown up. And he realizes if he takes the immortality, he will be stuck as the person he is. But when he looks at Meg, he sees the better person he will become in continuing to love and grow and develop a mature relationship and makes the decision, I don't I don't want to be who I am forever. I want to be the person that love will turn me into. And that's that's in and it. Disney Publishing, call me now. I'm I I know, <laughs> I know. I missed my window to write the novelization of this, but call me. I am I am ready. I oh, am ready. Well, I love it. Well, no, that would be fun. That would be fun. All right, let's do a pitch. Uh, pitch time. Uh, Can you go first? Go, I, I just talked a yeah, lot. Sure, <laughs> use a sure, second. Sure. So we have Hercules Zero to Hero. We have Hercules the animated series. Love. We've it. had love the Hercules animated series. Oh yes. Okay. I yes agree. A uh, stage adaptation of Hercules. We've had a live action remake uh, on that's coming. 
uh, Hercules on ice, even. <laughs> Everything's better on ice. <laughs> what would we do with this material? Here's my here's my pitch. So if we're going to make a movie about Greek mythology, why not Orpheus? And I think Orpheus is an unlikely hero. He's a poet. He's a musician. He's not particularly strong in any sort of way. There's a whole story about how he loses his wife and goes after her in the underworld and he can't do it. He can't bring her back. He's not strong enough. Uh, And he eventually is reunited with her after a life of trial. I think there's a lot of meat on that bone. And um, we have, there's a ton of great classical music to mine. Uh, It's probably not an animated movie. It's probably live action. It's probably not a story for children. Uh, But I think the journey of an artist who acts out of love only to be foiled again and again is really appealing to me. Can we get the Hades of this movie in that movie, too? Because sure. Hades plays the role sure. of the Orpheus myth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be great. Cool. Uh, so we'll, we'll, cast t- ja- we'll cast James Wood. In a second. There you go. He's so great. Yeah. <laughs> um, my movie, I'm going in a different direction than I've ever gone before. I want a Disney movie, but I want it written not for Disney+, Plus, but as a Lifetime original movie. I want. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm, this I'm is in. my pitch. I don't know. I don't know what you're gonna say, and I'm totally in. <laughs> okay, so I find the most interesting mortal character in this movie to be Meg. So here's my pitch. We set it modern day, United States, Los Angeles. Who cares? Our main character is Meg. She's this woman. She she her. She's got a boyfriend. Uh, he's dying. She makes a deal with a dark, malevolent. Uh, entity to save mm-hmm. his life only to be abandoned and ends Ooh. up in like this deal with this dark supernatural force. There's a guy she needs to like seduce, learn his weaknesses. Um, but she so she goes to a small town. This is classic mm-hmm. lifetime went from the big city to a small yeah. town. She's a big city girl, but she's there on a mission. She meets the guy and she falls for the guy. And yeah. um, that, that is lifetime stuff for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, what does she choose? There's even a version of this where I think maybe she doesn't fall in love with the Hercules of that movie, but instead like develops a mutual respect with the Hades of that movie, and they have a romance. I'm fine with that. By the way, that, Hades that and Meg feels more like that feels more lifetime to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Hades and Meg is a lifetime. How I how I marry death, right? <laughs> oh, yes, that's brilliant. I, so I that's what I that's what I want, but I want it all live action. I want it. I want it all. We start in the big city, move to the small town. A um, lot of will they, won't they? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Yes, I love it. I'm all in. All right. What what <laughs> what movie are we tackling next week? Next week is our season finale. So wow, re- three I know. seasons. Episode Man, sixty. Look at episode us. sixty. Um, but. So we need to end strong. And Andy, I don't know that we could end much stronger than with this touchtone movie. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Yay! I'm so excited about this. Oh, it's I am so, too. I, I absolutely adore this movie. You you've had a rough time towards the end of this season with a couple of these animated <laughs> movies. Let's let's just give you something I know you like. <laughs> I love it. Well, if you like what you're hearing, fans, will you do us a favor and share this podcast? with another Disney or classic movie fan. And if you write us a review, we'd be so pleased. You can check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page. You can tweet us at, at Andy Redwine or at Larry Brenner 6 or drop us a line in our mailbag at Once Upon a Disney Podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends, see you real soon. See you real soon.